0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Glass Tire Art Dirt, where we discuss topical art topics. I am Christina Reese.
1: And I'm Brandon Zek.
0: And this week we are going to talk about open calls. All of the various kinds of open calls that are presented to artists in Texas and beyond. And there are so many different kinds of open calls. We've been running so much news about open calls because this is kind of a season for open calls. And we're not talking about just... Say juried shows, which is an obvious one, but also residencies, uh, calls for public art commissions, calls for uh, exhibition spaces that are looking to program their space. Uh, what other kind of open calls are we going to be dealing with?
1: It really runs the gambit. You, you covered a lot of what there actually is, but of course there's all of the little nuances on all of those things. There are residencies that aren't really residencies that are basically just free studio space. There are calls that ask you to pay money to be a part of the call. There are calls that want to pay you money when you are a part of the call. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit, I mean, it'll be a little less of a guide to specific open calls and a little more. Why do it? Yeah, why do it? it? And our advice from seeing just so many open calls cross our path and also from jurying open calls. Christina, you and I have both been jurors uh, for various kinds of things and have sat on different panels. So I think we might be able to shed some light on that experience versus applying to open calls, which I have also done in the past when I made work. So I yeah. kind of know the struggle of doing that also.
0: Right, 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 right. And actually years ago, I uh, I applied for a Warhol writing uh, prize, which is a yearly thing, and I didn't get it. I think that was like 2013, 2014. But yeah, so I know what it's like to enter as well and to not get something. I've, I have juried four big juried shows in the last year and a half, so I feel like what I'm seeing is a kind of a changing landscape. But one of the reasons we would like to talk about this is because it's just yet another way that artists can get their work out there in front of people and in front of different kinds of audiences, by the way. I mean, sometimes it's also just about making sure that a curator can see your work, whether they pick your work or not. They may start to become familiar with your name and the kind of artwork that you make. I was even looking back through Glass Tires News, and of course, we've got a classified section that lists all these kinds of open calls. But even like the East Austin Studio Tour, where Mm -hmm. you just you sign up and you pay a fee and you get put on the map. And it makes, you know, thousands of people come through East Austin Studio Tour every year. Uh, There's also West Austin Studio Tour. There's so many different ways to get your work out there. If you're a new artist, a young artist, an emerging artist... Or you're kind of a hobbyist, but you'd like to have more people see your stuff. Or you're a professional artist and you really want to do something serious, like the Art Pace Residency in San Antonio. That's how you have to do it. you got to go through kind of the rigmarole of uh, entering.
1: Yeah, and one of the really important things about all of these open calls, of course, in addition to, Christina, what you're touching on and the different levels that they are Kind of offer artists is that people who are jurying these calls who are from out of town, curators who are from out of town that come from institutions like, I'm trying to think of uh, Lawndale's Big Show curators in recent years right. in Houston, because they have normally, with the exception of the uh, year that Toby Camps curated the Big, Big Show, Lawndale is normally drawn on some really great curators or directors or whatever of different institutions from across the U.S. And sometimes these open calls are really kind of the big picture of the Texas art scene for whoever is coming in and doing this juried show for better or for worse. So I think mm-hmm. calls like these are really important in showing what Texas has to offer to a more national audience, or rather to a person who then has a national audience and can say, hey, I went to Texas, I juried this thing, there were some really great artists, maybe I didn't expect that and I came away surprised and charmed and wanting to learn more and come back.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true for the big show in Houston. It's also true for Art Pace. I mean, those are international curators that they bring in to pick those artists. There's a Texas artist, a national artist, and an international artist, I'm impressed often with even how kind of what you would think of as a regional show picks some really uh, good curators, even if they're Texas-based. Art Space 111 in Fort Worth always has good jurors. I was one in 2018, actually. But, I mean, if you read back through the years, um, you'll see recognizable names. And if you, you know, and you probably shouldn't worry too much about bias. I was thinking about this, Brandon. You know, if you were asked to jury um, a show like, say, the annual Tyler International Exhibition at UT Tyler, it's mm-hmm. which has been going on for 35 years now, by the way, there will be um, definitely more than a thousand entries, trust me. But you and I would pick two totally different shows, you know? I, I am I, I'm sure of that, and I'm sure that we would also, even if you picked, say, 60 works, and I pick 60 different works, you know, for the same show, pulling from the same um, group of entries, even though the shows would be very different, I think that we would understand one another's picks, but... Mm-hmm. Don't get discouraged, I guess is what I'm saying to artists. If you enter an open call show and your work doesn't get in, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad artist or that your work is no good. It just means that that particular curator or that particular panel didn't uh, respond to it for whatever reason. And those reasons can be, oh God, it could be anything, but... I don't, what do you think of that?
1: I I completely agree with that. However, I also think that people that jury shows like this, of course, everyone brings their own taste and their own aesthetic to the table. But at the same time, you have certain people that if there's just a big kind of no theme open call group show, again, I'm using the big show at Lawndale kind of as an example because, I mean, it's one of the largest open calls like that in the greater Houston region but I could see some curators try and make a show out of it in terms of even though there isn't a theme trying to pick works that all have dialogue with one another and that are all coming from kind of the same place and talking about the same issues but then you have curators like when Toby Camps curated the big show he just picked works and you know I, I feel like personally I feel like that's the kind of person I am when jurying a show because if I'm getting to see all of these submissions, I just want to pick the best works, even if they have nothing to do with one another and they kind of might look weird in a space together. Whereas I think you might be, are you the same way?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Because I mean, you just cannot nail me down on what I like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's, one, that's something that artists may want to keep in mind is it's probably pretty hard to game the system. I mean, probably the only way you could game me uh <laughs> Is uh, as you know, I'm sentimental about animal art, but I mean, you know, that's kind of a crazy thing to. There's a look. There's a lot of stuff that's sentimental that I'm just just not gonna pick. But if Trevor Paglin is one of my favorite artists, whose stuff is very tough and very very cold, uh, and it's about surveillance. Uh, But I also happen to like somebody who paints their dog. You just, you can't predict what I'm going to like, in other words.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists and writers do try to do this with open calls and seeing who the juror is and seeing who the juror has either written about or the kind of exhibitions they've done in the past. And the thing is, there's probably a much deeper reason that the juror is writing about those people or that they are picking those people for shows and it's not going to be a surface level thing of even your work looks the same or your work deals with the same issues there's just going to be an inherent connection that either is or isn't there with your work and that's all personal taste because you know something that we always i think tend to forget in the art world is that we are dealing in a field that is ultimately pretty subjective and akin to personal taste i know christina We've talked about this before, but the fact that my 10% of art that I think is really, really great is going to be totally different than the 10% of art that you think is really, really great. And that's part of it. And also what I think makes having a panel or a multiple person jury for a show kind of just amazingly interesting. And there's so much tension there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, but it can be a lot of fun too. And it's nice to be able to throw around ideas with other, uh, jurors if it's, if it's more than one, uh, juror on a panel. But, um, but again, I have to come back to the idea that if it's, if they're professional curators or they're people who have been looking at art for years and years, we may not necessarily agree on, say, you can only pick 30 works for a show, you know. Um, and I really like some video work and you really like some sculpture. We're still going to understand why the other person likes what they like, I feel like. But that's kind of getting into another uh, conversation and that's getting into a conversation about sort of consensus, which is a very tricky one, and probably a somewhat controversial one for people who have not uh, spent quite as much time around art as we have. But I do also want to say that there are kind of these unlikely ways to get your art out there that you may not have thought of. We were talking about, before we got on this call, uh, the PhotoFest Portfolio Review in Houston.
1: Yeah, so this is a long-running international portfolio review that I feel like a lot of people in Houston might not be as familiar with. It's, you know, even though it's in our city, it's kind of, I guess— Low key in a way for Houston. Um, People come from all over the world to be a part of this reviewers come from all over the world, you know, I mean, there's everything from people who are editors of fashion magazines to like editors of Juxtapose to curators from museums and institutions in the US and beyond. And it's this amazing audience. And you know, this is one of those things, sometimes there are scholarships for local artists, I know some artists that were able to participate last year, or the last biennial rather, uh, because of scholarships. But also this is something that costs a little bit. And that gets into one of the conversations around group shows and juried shows and open calls in general, which is things that cost money to enter. I know a lot of artists that aren't too keen about that. And I wasn't too keen about that when I was an artist and trying to scrape money and get by. I didn't want to pay $35 to enter an exhibition, much less, you know, however much to enter a internationally recognized review process
0: but isn't that now really kind of it's just become so common it almost seems like it's just it's just part of the deal now is that if you want to enter uh open call shows and have a good juror look at it you're probably going to pay a fee now that's not the same as uh, pay-to-play sort of exhibition you know there are spaces Uh, across Texas that will do an open call uh, asking for an idea for an exhibition during a certain season. Um, And essentially, if you are, it's not even necessarily an open call. They're basically just saying, if you give us enough money, you can have a show in this space.
1: I feel like there haven't necessarily been more paid open call opportunities now than there have been in the past. I almost think it's just kind of been consistent.
0: I, I think actually what what institutions that do these uh, open calls have done, I think they've tried to reduce costs. Uh, I see I see various universities and institutions that do open calls every year really trying to reduce the costs for the artists. They're not trying to gouge the artists. Most of them are not, actually.
1: Yeah, the good ones aren't, which is... Part of the kind of, you know, we're going to get into the subjective objective value judgments here. But a lot of the uh, open calls that are at really kind of more respected, more established places in Texas that I see either don't have an entry fee or it has a really nominal entry fee that's manageable, whether it's $5 per, you know, work submitted and you can submit up to three works or uh, like the Art Pace Texas Open Call, I think is fifteen dollars. Which, if an entry is the price of like three cups of coffee at Starbucks, I I, I hate people that use that metric. At the same time, that's a decent metric. Um, yeah. Then you know, I I don't really see the problem. It the, the problem is really clear once you start to see institutions or galleries or whatever you want to call them that are using this as a like main source of revenue because that's the kind of place right. that you might not want to get the most involved with. At the same time, if that's your scene, then go for it, because if you feel something is worth applying to because of the money, then that's your prerogative.
0: Right, right, right. I think that—I uh I was thinking like $10 per entry, and they also can—and um, they do often put caps on entries now. I remember once upon a time, probably around 2005, 2006, sometimes they didn't cap the number of entries, and if I was during a show, like back when I had road agent, sometimes somebody had entered like— 20 works of art and it was just it was overwhelming but another thing that's changed is the way that these entries are presented to jurors. Obviously, most of it is online now. CAFE, which uh, is a program, an online program that's short for Call for Entry, is one of the most popular ones. One of the nice things about this is that it opens it up for video art as well. I love video art. I love being able to jury shows where video art is included in my choices. You know, once upon a time, artists had to go physically drop work off at a space, and. then a juror would walk in and look at it and pick it. And then, of course, that's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to see work in the flesh, so to speak, to pick it. But now one thing that artists do need to understand is that generally speaking, if you're going to enter these things... Everything that's going to be juried is online. Everything is just going to be on somebody's computer screen. And if it photogra- So make sure your photographs are good. Make sure that the formatting is right. Make sure that it looks good uh, in reproduction, and you're going to have a much better chance of being picked.
1: Yeah, I remember so Lawndale used to have artists drop off the work and all of the work was juried in person and I think it just got to be too much of a amazingly cramped hassle to do that. At the same time I mean, as Christina, you and I and all of our listeners know, seeing art not in person is completely different than seeing art in person. Have you ever picked a piece for a juried show Mm -hmm. that you thought was amazing and then seen it in person and been kind of like, oh, maybe maybe I wouldn't have?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, the more you do this, the better you get at judging what something is probably going to look like when you finally see it in person. I haven't tended to be very disappointed in my choices, especially over the last couple of years. I've been really pleased with the shows that I've juried. I think that they look great. Of course, I think they look great because I picked the work. (laughs) Um, However, yes, your question. there, certainly, I've picked some things that that photograph beautifully. They look really great on a computer screen. and then I see them in person, and I'm like, "Oh no, that's not that great. You still have to put it in the show. So uh, you do put it in the show, but that that happens uh, very, very rarely for me at this point. most of the most of the time, if I pick the sh- pick the show online it also looks really good in person and I honestly if, if the show is in Texas I try to go actually spot the show if I can if I've if time allows I like I'm kind of controlling that way I guess or because I've run various art spaces and with you know worn different hats I like to I like to be able to hang a show or install a show. Uh I can't all I can't always do that, but
1: it's it's nice to be able to do it. And in that regard also, I know when I've juried shows or judged shows before, I, I don't know if you feel the same. I imagine you probably do, but I know that a lot of artists sometimes are nervous about submitting and then you know because there's always the opportunity of well rejection. Getting in. Rejection yeah, of rejection. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, whenever I jury something or have the opportunity to just see so much work, I always just kind of feel really grateful coming out of it, of the Mm -hmm. fact that I've just been able to share in so many different people's creativity. I know this is a super cheesy thing, but it's really genuine. Like, whenever uh, whenever I'm asked to give, like, a little talk after jurying something or curating something or judging something. It's just, I I always just try to say thank you because I know getting to do something like that really is a privilege and people sharing and kind of being vulnerable and sharing their art is a really hard thing. And I mean, some people enter juried shows because they don't have another outlet. So they have a lot writing on it. And I, Oh, absolutely.
0: You're totally right. I do the same thing. And when I'm asked to give remarks uh, after during a show, that's one of the things that that's exactly Brandon. That's exactly what I say is like, you know, we get to be critics. We get to stand on the sideline and just level judgment. They're the ones putting themselves out there. They're the ones in the studio by themselves, you know, making this artwork and hoping that somehow it lands, you know, I mean, for themselves, for an audience, for anyone. And sometimes a jury show may be the only way that they're going to get their work out there. And I think they're incredibly brave. And I and, and it's also why we have the job that we have. It's one of my favorite things to do, frankly, is to jury a show. It gets me in touch with all this work I may not have seen before. It gives me uh, a sense of emerging artists that are happening in this state, which is wonderful. And actually, it's really necessary to do the job that we do. And, um, and I appreciate it so much. And I I hate rejecting work. Actually, I always choose too much work. Whoever is in charge of organizing the event, they're always like, well, we only need 35 pieces or we only need 60 pieces. I always go way over because I get really attached as I start looking through these entries on cafe, I'll be like, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. And I'll do however many rounds of judging and I just can't reject a piece that i've already somehow immediately Mm -hmm. gotten attached to uh whether i've ever heard of the artist if i know anything about them it doesn't matter i've got to have it in the show because i want to see it i want to see it in person i want to meet the artist if i can you know no i think it's i think it's one of the most um i don't know i think it's one of the most rewarding parts of this job Mm -hmm. there's a whole there's a whole other sort of art Uh, world or scene that exists also which is public commission uh, calls Um, often artists who work who do public commissions or work in public commissions it's a very um, it's a very focused sort of practice basically people get good at it it's a whole set of bureaucracy that one has to learn how to negotiate
1: it's more being a project manager a lot of times than an artist. So it can only yeah. work for certain people that really have that skill.
0: Yeah, and often when an artist gets kind of drawn into doing public commissions, whether it's for universities or cities, uh, mun- municipalities, um, once they get on that track, a lot of times they will kind of stay on that track. There's some money in it, uh, but it is a lot of planning. It is a lot of administration. It's a lot of bureaucracy and it's really kind of a different ball game, but there are public commission calls all the time. I mean, we. We've run in our news probably eight to 10 just in the last three months, public commission calls for the city of Houston, for the city of whatever. And so that's that's another route for an artist to, to try out. Uh, generally, this stuff is sculpture, often it's sculpture, but it's another thing to look out for.
1: And these commissions, you know, they run the gambit instead of being like a jurors prize or probably more like a $1,000 jurors prize. These commissions are tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, And of course, built into that, there's an artist fee, there's the production costs. Uh, Another kind of key component of doing public works is probably the first one or two you do, you may not make a ton of money depending on how good you are at budgeting and finding the right materials and the right people to produce it and you know depending on what you're doing you kind of have to be prepared because you have to learn the game first right I know some people who have done public commissions and it's like there's a twenty thousand dollar artist honorarium and they're like oh great and then they get farther into the project and you know it's like a I don't know a hundred and twenty thousand dollar project and they're like oh I need (laughs) to use some of this honorarium to make sure my project is good and I can actually accomplish it in the way that I want to do it. So you kind of have to be conscious about that whenever you're doing these open calls of, yes, the budget is two hundred thousand dollars at the same time you're not going to get a hundred thousand dollars of that going into your bank account to retire on
0: oh no there are there are certainly uh real guidelines on what's acceptable in terms of how much you take off of that uh total budget it's it's pretty strict in fact but there are certainly uh artists in texas who primarily make their living off of public commissions But uh, again, that's just one of the many kinds of open calls that are happening right now. And they seem to be proliferating. If you go into our classified sections, you will see pages. And I mean, pages and pages of open calls that are happening right now for all these different kinds of things, all these different ways to get your art out there.
1: Okay. So if you've made it this far in the podcast, you've probably thought, well, okay, all of this is good and fine, but what are the lessons that you have learned from during shows what do i need to know if i'm going to be an artist and i'm going to apply to a show what are the tips and the tricks and all the secret you know all the secret lessons that we can offer you and we've kind of said this there aren't any super secrets we do have some just basic suggestions
0: one is obviously uh if it's all online judging make sure the work looks good online um That may be the main thing. Also, don't overwhelm a juror with way, way too many entries. I think that that can actually kind of jinx you. Uh, I think if somebody feels a little bit overwhelmed, um, I think three to five is plenty. Sometimes one really strong piece is enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't be too discouraged if you don't get picked for one show. Uh, If money allows, keep entering. Keep entering other shows. Just because you don't get into one show doesn't mean that you're not going to get into another one.
1: I say always lead with your... Your strongest piece of course of course because you know in these group shows and juried shows it only takes one And that that goes with submitting. That goes with, depending on how you work as an artist, if you make pieces that are one-offs, if you make pieces in a series, pick the best piece out of the series. Pick the one-off that doesn't really work with the rest of your work. The juror won't know that. The juror won't care. The juror will care that it's a good piece of art.
0: I don't even really, I'm going to just go ahead and make a confession here. Sometimes uh, CAFE and some of these other jury programs They allow an artist statement. It's not that I won't look at your artist statement, but your artist statement does not matter to me nearly as much. In fact, it almost does not matter at all compared to how strong the artwork itself is. I'm gonna pick based on the work, not about what you write about it. Let me see what else. What else would I say? Just um, and also, for, you know, for residency calls, try to get into residencies if you can, if time allows. Some of them you have to pay for. It's true. That doesn't mean that it's a bad residency. Uh, and some residencies pay you. But do some research. Get online and also talk to your friends and see what they have to say about uh, different things that they've entered and what their experiences are with doing it. You know, you may be surprised. There are there are small residencies that are popping up everywhere that are actually quite cool, you know, like the mass gallery has a little, uh, summer residency. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's kind of interesting new things that are, it's, you know, some of this is happening because the art world as we know it is constantly changing galleries are struggling. They always are, actually. And artists are always looking for new and interesting ways to get their work out there. And one of the things that's happening is more artists and more uh, smaller nonprofits are trying to come up with ways to get work into spaces and get them into physical spaces so that people can see them.
1: And just how also we advise that you not scared because the jurors are jurying because they like looking at art and they want to see what you have to offer don't ever be afraid i know this is easier said than done but don't be afraid of reaching out to the galleries who are having the open call or to the residency that's having the open call they want to make sure they get good applicants so that they can show good art or have really strong residents so They're there to help you and to kind of advise on what's going on. That's their job. They're looking for residents. And if you're a potential resident, just shooting them an email or a quick call could be really helpful and really productive because you could find out if you would match well with what they're doing or maybe you wouldn't and you'd save yourself a lot of time and some money too
0: yeah think of it as a stepping stone think of it as just one of the many stepping stones that's uh, that's available to you to get your work in front of people i think there i i'm i'm into it and i and i've been uh, increasingly impressed with the quality of the work that i see in open calls and i find that very Uh, it just makes me feel optimistic. And it also just makes me happy to be here looking at artists' work in Texas. I think that we've got a really strong state. We've got a really strong scene, so.
1: I think that's that's that
0: that's that for the week so i hope that uh various galleries and institutions and nonprofits continue to ask me to jury shows i enjoy doing it mm-hmm. i try to make myself available for it uh brandon i'm sure the same is true for you mm-hmm. and we hope to see your work
1: out there yeah go show some art
0: oh yeah go show some art